our home, uh, we have Advent candles that sit on our kitchen table, and uh, now three are burning as we entered this morning into a celebration of the joy that we can only receive through the Lord Jesus. I want you to take your notes, and we're going to continue in this teaching on I Believe. Does anybody believe? Anybody believe? We've, we've been taking it back, right? Uh, I, you know, I love all of the fanfare and all the joy, you know, when we're shopping and somebody has these wonderful signs up that shout, I believe, and I want to say, I, I believe too, but it's, I, I believe greater, you know? Anybody with me on this? You understand? Who's tracking with me? Anybody? So uh, we're celebrating in the season, and here's the scripture that we've used, Luke 145. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed are you when you believe. So these are the words of Elizabeth to Mary. Remember, Mary believed, and uh, she said this, Be it unto me according to your word. And she conceived uh, Christ by the Holy Spirit. So there's this powerful blessing in belief. Today, I want to uh, enter into this teaching. Uh, I'd, I'd like to ask before I go into it, I'd like to ask you for your prayers. Uh, if you did not notice, I was a bit distracted and have been today. Uh, my brother, my oldest brother, Dan, had a stroke yesterday. And uh, so, Tim, it was especially good seeing you walk in the door today, you know. Uh, and he is in intensive care in a hospital in Chattanooga, Tennessee, right now. Uh, we are expecting God to do the miraculous in him. Anybody with me on this? Uh, so, uh, Dan, my brother Dan and his wife, Crystal, pastor uh, an assembly of God in Tunnel Hill, Georgia, which is not not far from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. They, they transport him from one hospital to another yesterday because of concerns of bleeding. And, uh, but we're believing that God's going to touch him. And my heart is full, just so you know. That's my big brother. Anybody got family? You know what I'm saying? So uh, I want you to pray for him. How many will be in prayer for my brother? Will you do that? We will do it right now? We'll go ahead and do it right now. Would you go ahead? Don't make me lead this one. Would you lead this one? Somebody? <laughs> just... Come on, pray. Open, open your mouths and pray, somebody. Our Father, in Jesus' name, I come with my church, and we bring my brother Dan before you, and we ask that you would heal his body, that, that, that the bleeding would completely stop, and that he would be made totally well. We ask, and we believe your word, and so we will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for your prayers and continual prayers regarding him. Now, don't look at me so sad, okay, because how many know God is still faithful? Anybody know that? So this is going to be a strange thing. I'm thinking, great, you know, I'm preaching on joy, and my brother just ended up in ICU. So I want you to know that the joy that I have in the Lord Jesus supersedes circumstances. Amen. Everybody agree to that? It goes beyond circumstances. So uh, I'm going to talk to you about the truth of joy, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel, we're talking to, about the shepherds. The angel said to them, the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is, who is? Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Powerful. Amen. I mean, this is, I, I don't know, is it powerful or is it just traditional? What is it? What is it to you? I mean, it's just, it's just a cute story. Uh, or how many believe this is powerful? Anybody believe it is? It's powerful. It's supernatural. Now, I, I want to 
give you some context of this teaching. So let me ask this. How many in this room uh, uh, own sheep? Is there anybody that owns sheep? Your kids, yeah. Sheep. We're talking about woolly animals. That's wild. So, so nobody owns sheep. All right. Uh, so now you already see we have a problem with context, right? Because there's nobody here. Let, let's see if we can work on it. How many own some smelly animals? All right. I'm not talking about your children right now. Okay. All right. Or your husband. All right. Smelly animals. So sheep are sheep. In this particular setting, we're talking about some smelly animals. Shepherding is a lowly occupation, though it seems as if it's very glorified in Scripture. It's a very lowly uh, 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 occupation. It's not one that everybody wants. Uh, Let me ask you this. How many are working a job right now that they would like to quit? Don't raise your hands because your boss might be here. All right, so (laughs) this is on video. Yeah, one. Okay, so... uh, uh, but the video doesn't scan to that side, I don't think. I think we're good. Uh, so I, 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 you have some context. Let's, let's look at the setting for shepherds who are working in uh, the fields of Bethlehem, uh, working for uh, the priests, working for chief priests. Okay. Now, here's the deal. Uh, have you ever... Have you, does it ever bother you that people get kickbacks? Does anybody does it ever bother you? I mean, there's a lot of places you can go right now. Uh, it, you, you just get concerned a little bit. You know, what are you getting out of this? So uh, these shepherds work for the chief priest, and here's what happens. People have to bring uh, their sheep or a lamb to the temple for sacrifice. Now, the priests have the responsibility of examining the lambs to determine whether or not they are without spot, that they are without blemish, because you have to bring a beautiful lamb, one, just the perfect one in. Uh, so it just so happens that the priests have some sheep of their own, and they're also in charge of inspecting those that you bring. So if you bring one, and, it, and, and they determine that it's not uh, pure enough, then you say, look, your lamb is not going to be good enough for sacrifice, but it just so happens that we have a whole flock over here and we're running a sale. Right? So does that bother anybody just a little bit? Does that seem just a little unscrupulous? So, so now we have shepherds who work in the fields of Bethlehem for those particular priests. Come on, religion can make a mess of things. Can I get it? Yes, you know. Uh, and... Uh, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking about this, and I'm thinking, I just did the offering a moment ago. Do you realize that we live in a culture, there are people that will not come to church because they believe all we're about is money? How many know that's true? You, you, how many know you got to be careful about that mess? you got to be careful about that. Don't let the, the enemy's been playing this for a long time. And, 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 you know, they have, you know, just because there's somebody that if you send him $100, will send you some miracle spring water, don't make him of Jesus. Peter Popoff is not of Jesus. So anyway, I just thought I'd say that so we could get that out. I'm, I'm telling you that uh, because just because some of these things happen does not mean God's word isn't true. So uh, the shepherds are caught in the middle. It's, it's enough that they have a lowly profession. 
but it's also that they have to work in this particular setting. So have you ever been in a situation where you felt that life, was, life just stinks? Anybody ever been there? And, 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 and in fact, it's not even about life because you have some good things going on, but there's something on the inside that seems so broken and unfixable that it doesn't matter where you work or how much money you make. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter. You still struggle. So that's where we are right now to deal with that particular area because there are circumstances that go on in your life and God wants to be God in your life even when your circumstances are not good. So the, the angels appear to the, the shepherds and say, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, here's the thing. The shepherds hear the angels, and then after the angels went away, guess what the shepherds were? They smelled their clothes, and they smelled like roses, right? No. They, uh, they looked at the lambs and the sheep, and everybody was, oh, the sheep are just smelling good, and everything's easy. No, no, no. We've got to go deeper than our circumstances. You've been at church today, and when you get in your car, it may still need an oil change. Right? So, so here's, the, here's the news. Let me, let me restate this. This is news that makes joy a possibility for everyone. Everyone, Jews, Gentiles, everyone, it makes a possibility. So uh, I'm, I'm going to show you how this works. Okay, let me just show you how it works because I have got, I'm set up. Anybody like candy canes? Because I have some candy canes right here. Anybody want a candy cane? All right, there you go, candy, candy canes. Oops, you almost grabbed that one. There you go. Candy canes, anybody? Anybody? Candy canes? All right. Candy canes. What? Candy canes. Look at that. There's something right here in the altar. There are candy canes in the altar. There you go. And, you know, anybody else want candy canes? Boom. All right, so, wait, I've got a few more. A few more candy canes. There you go. Welcome to freedom. Anybody else need a candy cane? You guys get any candy canes over there? There you go. Fight over them. Okay, so. All right, now how many got a candy cane? All right, all right. So, are you happy? All right. How many didn't get a candy cane? Okay. So, uh, I'm sorry, I'm out of candy canes. How do you feel? How do you feel bad? See, this is a story of my life. Because I don't have candy canes for everybody. And sometimes you just want to leave church with a candy cane. And if you don't get your candy cane, you walk out because that's the level of your spirituality. Whether or not a candy cane, candy cane came in your direction. And it's, look, it's also the level of some of your relationships. Because you're just looking for candy canes. Just looking for a little sweet thing here or there. Nothing really deep. Nothing that will carry you through a hospital stay. Or through brokenness. Or bad times. Smelly sheep. I, somebody say preach Ricky Jean. Because I am. Jesus. Joy. Listen. Joy is a condition of the heart and mind. 
Joy is a settled state of contentment, confidence, and hope based on the reality that Christ is your Lord and He loves you. All right? It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is this, this, this constant... I'm, I'm going I'm to teach you about this. Let me, let me give you some realities. I don't know if... Leave that up there for a moment. People are taking pictures. I don't want you to miss this. I want to give you some constants. So, something that doesn't change with the weather. How many love Virginia Beach? Anybody love Virginia Beach? Because if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Right? All right? If it's too cold, wait, wait a day or two. All right? And we love to laugh at the weathermen because they really don't know. They just... How many know that? Just... Yeah, I love it when they say it's going to be 57 in Virginia Beach, but it's going to be 53 in Norfolk. Like they know. I love them, though. You need something constant in your life. So here's, here's some consistency. All right, you ready? He is for me, not against me. He has come to save me, not to condemn me. He fights for me. He will fill me with his spirit. He has defeated every one of my enemies. He is alive and he wants to give me eternal life. He has made me a child of God. He has saved me because he loves me. He will never give up on me. He loves me more than anyone else. That sounds weird, doesn't it? How many believe that he loves you? Anybody? See, he has my picture on his refrigerator. <laughs> he wants to restore my life. Anybody believe that? Now, you, got, no, you heard me say it, but you didn't personalize it. Here, here we go. Go to the next one. Everywhere there's a line, put your name in it. Right? How many know your name? Anybody know your name? Tell me your name. Eddie. No, say it loud. Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, right? All right, ready? Just put your name in where the, where the space is. Ready? Go. He is for Rick, not against Rick. Come on, say it louder than the person next to you. Make it a little competitive. Ready? He is for Rick, not against Rick. He has come to save Rick, not to condemn Rick. He fights for Rick. He will fill Rick with his spirit. He has defeated every one of Rick's enemies. He wants to give Rick eternal life. He has made Rick a child of God. He has saved Rick because he loves Rick. He will never give up on Rick. He wants to restore Rick's life. You, you need to change the way you talk. Where's my joy? Well, it's, it's, your joy is very much connected to what you're saying. Very much connected to what you're thinking. Sometimes, anybody remember Noah? How many remember Noah? Remember what Noah built? Do you know what it did not do while he was building an ark? It didn't rain. It didn't, okay? And people came up and they looked at him like he was stupid because he just, you know... Putting an ark together. Hey, Noah, what's up with you? Well, I found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and he spoke to me. He has a purpose for my life. He wants me to build this ark because the rain's coming, and I'm supposed to preach this to all of you about the rain coming. So they all thought Noah was stupid. All right? Listen, when you get consistent, sometimes your faith will make you look stupid until it rains. How many know I'm telling you the truth? Anybody know that? Oh, you believe in Jesus? Look at your life. I know, but God's got this. What's that stupid smile on your face? Faith? 
joy. I have something that's consistent. Man, it's raining today. I just hate it when it rains. It makes me, come on, it's raining. Hallelujah. I've been waiting for it to rain. Jesus. Are you with me on this? Church, we desperately need joy. And while it's a possibility to not be depressed and still not have Jesus as your Lord, you still will never know deep, true joy without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm doing just fine without him. I'm glad that you think so. I'm glad you think so. But there are some things. No. In everything. Am I? Everything is better with Jesus. So, good news. Great joy. All people. I, I, uh, the, the Word of God has so much to say about joy. Let me just walk through some things. One is God's Word brings you joy. John 15, 11, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. All right? So you're, you're struggling with your joy. Tell me about that Word thing going on in your life right now. I'm just not into reading the Bible, okay? That might have something to do with it, all right? Like, I love everything. It's just a preaching, Pastor. Just when you preach, it just goes on and on and on. That's not true, all right? Uh, but sometimes. Anyway, uh, but you need the Word of God. It will change your life, right? So uh, your eternal hope brings joy. So sometimes bad stuff happens, but you cannot take my eternity from me. No, am I right? You can't. That's what the Word of God says. Uh, when His glory is revealed, you, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Here's he, when His glory, when I begin to realize who He is, but let me take another step. You think you're joyful now? Wait till you walk into the presence of God. And I also know this. My last breath here is my first breath there. Does that feel good to anybody? Uh, prayerfulness brings joy. All right, you need to talk to the Lord about some of the things that you worry about. Ask and you will receive. Is that what the Bible says? Why? That your joy may be full. God wants you to ask. He wants you to bring your stuff to him and watch what he will do. So also just know this, that the message of Christmas is, is, uh, is about joy. You say, well, Christmas is such a joyful time. Why is it such a joyful time? Because it's about joy. John says this in 1 John 1, these things we write to you that your joy may be full, but if you go back to some of the other part of this that he's writing, it is that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Stop right there. Are, are you thankful that we have history? Anybody thankful for this? Just so you know, uh, I don't serve a God that no one has ever seen. Right? The guys, the, the apostles, they touched him. They held him. They saw him. They knew him. They met him. They saw his resurrection. And, and then he goes on and says, The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was, the, which, was, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. We're talking about Jesus. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So this message, this whole Christmas message, it, it's a joyful one. Uh, I know sometimes it's a little weird because, you know, on uh, 
Christmas, our family gets together. It's always been that. I, I don't ever remember not doing this. Before anybody can open a present, we crack open the Word of God. We read the Word of God, read the story, and then we pray together. But there was always, anybody remember that feeling as, you know, as a child? Like, could we just skip the reading? We've read it several times, and could you pray a little faster? Listen, the foundation of our joy is the message, the reality of Jesus Christ. So... Here's the reality of the season, though. All of this said, uh, depression is real. Sometimes uh, there are folks that have less joy during this season than at any other time. Uh, in, in, in the United States, it's epidemic. Major depressive disorder, disorder affects approximately 14.8 million American adults. So that's right at 7%. Of our population. Does that sound pretty wild? That it's that intense? And I'm, that's just the population 18 and older. Uh, and so, you know, here we are today. And uh, I got all kinds of things to pray about. I do. I mean, I've been seeking the Lord. Anybody else? Uh, you, know, you may not know all of these folks, you know, who spent a lot of time in the hospital this week. Uh, your brother named Roy Ledbeater. Anybody remember Roy from years ago? Uh, he's uh, uh, Beverly Hamill's uh, father. Uh, he's in the hospital. So I was in CCU this week with him. Uh, Karen Carr. How many remember Karen? I mean, Karen's been a faithful part of our ch church for a long, long time. She is in the hospital. She's been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, had a, and they're going to they're gonna starting to work with that. Uh, her, her faith is really strong. And uh, we had good prayer with her uh, twice. And we're expecting God to completely deliver. Anybody with me on this? All right. So uh, I uh, th then there's others. You know, Sandy and, and, and Dan's grandson's been in the hospital. Uh, Johnny Bradley's mom has been very sick. Uh, uh, Sharon's husband, very sick. Cynthia's father has been very ill. Um, and then, you know, I throw in my brother Dan and his struggles. And just so you know, I'm not just talking about health. I know people with some real issues in their life that come to church and sit here all the time. Families that are struggling, marriages that are struggling, people that are financially struggling. So, you know, we got all of these issues, okay? But here's the deal, all right? No matter what the circumstance, what God wants us to have is this underlying foundation of joy in the Lord Jesus. Because I just told you these stories and you're going, what? What? Listen, God is still God. Jesus is still alive. The Holy Spirit is still with us. And I can't give you a candy cane to make that all go away. So what do we do? What do we do when bad things happen? Okay, Here's what we do. It's our American thing to do. We substitute our need for real joy with sin. Come on, how many have done it? Come on, let's all lift our hand. Okay, how many? Everybody should lift their hand right now. We substitute. Come on. Because there are some things that I can do. That make me think I'm joyful and I'm not. Right? I will medicate things that cannot be medicated with things of this world. And sinful pleasure is a cheap, a cheap substitute. Second Thessalonians 2 and 12. 
Uh, they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Sinful pleasure is that, that you begin to just take pleasure in your unrighteousness. I, you know, I'd come to church, but you just don't, this is just who I am. This is what I do. Just so you know, it's also a sign of the end of time. Second Th- Timothy 3, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So that's, that's tough, right? Let me, let me get you back to receiving this joy. Look in Romans chapter 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You should memorize this. The, 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 the kingdom of God is what? It's not eating and drinking. It's not saying don't eat and drink, okay? What he's saying is it's not of this earth, but it is righteousness. You want to, look, you want to build your joy? Walk righteously, okay? Uh, it's peace. Walk in the peace of Christ. We'll talk more about that next Sunday. And joy, all of it in the Holy Spirit. God has a plan for us to walk in righteousness because of the cross and the grace of Jesus and a lifestyle that glorifies him. And also, uh, he has a deposit by the Holy Spirit. Joy is deposited in our lives by the Holy Spirit. So, this is powerful, I think. So, uh, I, I want you to experience the amazing joy that is found in Christ. I want your joy to be full uh, but here's the, here's the struggle. Uh, anybody remember uh, who won the Super Bowl last year? Who? Philadelphia Eagles, right? All right. So uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, got any Philadelphia fans in the room? Where are you? Got a few Philadelphia? Go ahead. Whoop, whoop. Look at y'all. All right. Philadelphia Eagles. All right. So I was reading about Philadelphia in the Bible. It's uh, in Revelation chapter 3. Okay, verse 10, he writes to the church at Philadelphia. All right, I'm playing with you. But it does say this. He says this, because you've kept my commands to persevere, I will also keep you from the isle of trial, which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Okay, here it is. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. There we go. That's what's to the eagles right there. All right. Okay. Did you know that there are other football teams that want to steal that crown? Does anybody know that? No, no. What? What? What are you saying over there? Oh, you got the Dolphins fan over here. and What's that? The Dolphins? Oh, two Dolphins fans. And Cowboys fans in the house? Anybody? No? Okay. So, All right. Now, now notice, notice the sinful pleasure that has begun to rise in this room right now. Notice. No, here's, here's the deal. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. The enemy hates that you are full of joy. And because of that, he sometimes attacks us. Often you think it's circumstances, but I would say more so than that, it's in the quietness of your own mind. It's rolling over the other side of the bed rather than dealing with the struggles in your marriage. When he's just whispering in your ear, right? It is driving down the road. It is just moments. You can have circumstances. It's not the circumstances. It's what you think about the circumstances. I want to uh, discuss with you some about the sadness that people have. Because some people, some of you have all but lost your joy. Some of you 
have been through some hard times. I want to help you with your joy in this final portion of the teaching today. And I want to get very practical. And in telling you this, I want you to know honestly. Let me just go honestly with you. I like, I, li- I, don't, I don't want to be that preacher that, that is not honest, who pretends like he's always, I've always had it together. I was, I was like born with a pastor all over me. You know, I just, been, I got out, I come out of my mama's womb preaching and living holy, you know. No. Uh, is there anybody besides me that have ever struggled, has ever struggled with anxiety before? Anybody besides me? All right, just, whoa, okay. We're almost a majority in the house. Uh, some, uh, all of us, some more than others, have had to work hard sometimes to stay centered and joyful. And, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, I want you to know that I relate to the wilderness and I relate to the tiredness of the attack. Sometimes where it's like a cloud, you have to dig through the cloud. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, Saturday morning, I got up to drive to the church and, and it was like, anybody see that fog that was there Saturday morning? You couldn't hardly see where you were going. How many have ever had life that way? And it was like, you get up every morning. How am I going to get through this? So I want to help you with this. I want to teach you this. All right? Uh, is there anybody here that has a brain? Okay. So I was hoping there's more hands should have went up. All right? <laughs> You're looking at it. See, I knew he didn't have a uh, Your brain is an amazing, amazing, amazing creation. How many know that? Your brain is amazing. And and here's something that is amazing about it. When you do something continually, your brain will actually respond to that. It actually, here's in in this way, it grooves. That makes sense. It kind of, it, it grooves, and when when I tell you that, uh, through rote through repetition, your brain changes. So that saying that, I'm going to tell you, your brain is not necessarily the action that you're taking. Your brain is the habits of your life. You get that? Uh, in, in Alaska. They say there is a sign. Never been there, never seen it. But it reads this way. Choose your rut. You're going to be in it for the next 100 miles. So uh, neuroscience shows this. When you pray, when you pray, you say, well, I don't pray very much. But when you pray, your frontal lobe, the frontal lobe of your brain literally lights up. Is that cool? wonder what's going on. There are certain things that you can do that cause your brain to go, yeah, that feels good. Like, uh, you say, yeah, like drink it. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because your brain takes a nap. But, but when you pray, anybody ever uh, anybody work out? Anybody ever work out? Did you know that working out makes you feel better? Now, you're going to have to get through. I talked about last week. Didn't I? You have to get through the, you know, the jimmies. You know, you've been in the gym for a while, and then you're walking kind of like this. you got to get, don't waste your pain. Amen? Whew, Jesus, I want to preach all about that. But uh, literally, get this. 
How many believe repentance is a good thing? Because repentance is more than a, just you, being, you, you just crying and weeping. It is a change in the way you do life. It's a change in the way you think. And, and for me, there are, there are literally things that I have to do. Anybody like this? I have to do certain things, and I'm learning every day. Anybody have to do some things every day in order to keep the enemy from stealing my crown, stealing my joy, my spiritual life? Proverbs 12 and 25 reads this way. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So we're going to defeat some of that. Some practical things to do to keep your joy full. Real quick, you ready? One, take a walk with God. Take a walk with God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So here's, uh, for me, uh, uh, I need to walk. Uh, some of you lifted your hand regarding anxiety. If, if those of you have ever just got rattled, anybody ever gotten so rattled, you just need to get out and take a walk. Anybody? So uh, here's, I have walked all over the boardwalk, and in and, and the areas of the community that I live, I have hit every one of those streets, all of them. Now, here's what I find. If I can get alone and take a walk with God and have a conversation with Him, it will change me. Is anybody else like that? But some of us wait too long to take the walk. We wait until circumstances get bad. I need to get alone and pour my heart out to God. And I'm not talking about intercession. That's important also. But Ricky needs Jesus. And I sometimes just have to get up and go and spend time with God and just walk with him. I don't know if anybody hears me. Uh, Listen, go somewhere. Get out of the house. Get to the house of God, take a walk, talk with God. Adam and Eve, remember what they did? They walked with God in the cool of the day. They always walked with God. There's a guy named Enoch in the Bible. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God so much that God just took him home. It's like, hey, we walked for a long time. I enjoy spending so much time with you. Let's just skip the whole death thing and you go with me right now. So I just kind of get the idea that if we would walk and talk with God more than sit around and, 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 and be full of glory gloom and despair. If we just get up and say, come on, let's take a walk. You need to do this for your husband or wife. Take a walk and let's talk to God for a while. You with me? And then accept who God created you to be. Psalm 139, 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows well. Um, this is a tough little piece to preach, but I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, I know some of you have your favorite preachers. I know. And, uh, but just so you know, I don't know if you've looked at me, but I am not T.D. Jakes. I'm not. Okay, wait. I'm not Creflo. I'm not Steve Furtick. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Elevation? Okay. I can't wear jeans that tight. I can't grow hair like that. That wasn't nice. So I said it. I, I am a cool preacher. But I am not in a cool competition with anybody. Did you hear me? I don't have to, you know, I can wear a suit if I want to. I can wear jeans if I want to. I, really? Why is that even an issue with people anyway? Oh, goodness. 
I cannot be everything that you all want me to be. Okay, here's something you may not know about me, but I want to tell you, all right? I'm a funny guy. I am hilarious. I crack myself up. I'm a funny guy. I like to laugh. I prefer laughter. If I'm going to watch something on TV, I prefer something funny to something. Look, there is enough drama in the world for me. Please make me laugh, okay? I'm much, okay? And I'm a funny guy. Listen, listen. I know you want me to be serious all the time. I know you always want me to talk right here to you. I know you want me to be deep. But listen, God didn't raise a bunch of submarines. I'm, listen, I'm talking about, not just for me. Listen, I'm talking about you. How you constantly compare yourself to others and then try to present an image to others of something other than what God created you as. It is painful for me or anybody else to keep hiding who God created me to be. It's painful. It's tough. It's hard. But I don't know. Because, you know, when I get people, I got people from all different ages, all different backgrounds. And I got to make sure that you're happy and you're happy. And you're, I got to depend on the Holy Spirit for that. And I can't throw a head fake all day long trying to be what everybody needs me to be. Ah, hear me. The enemy will use this against you. Uh, it's. It's called cognitive dissonance. Does that make sense? I'm just not honest with myself. Just not honest sometimes. In Psalm 139, here's, here's some scriptures about your uniqueness. You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together. You knit me together inside my mother. I'll give thanks to you because I am, I like it, this, this reading. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. <laughs> Your works are miraculous, and my soul is fully aware of this. In verse 8 of Isaiah 64, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. In Matthew chapter 10, he says this, The very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Jeremiah 1, I knew you. God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Ephesians 2. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In Psalm 139 and 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. 1 Peter 4 and 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. <laughs> Use them to serve each other. Y'all don't have the same gift. God created man in Genesis 1 in his own image. All right, so saying that, let me add this. Be true to your visions and your dreams. I want you to be full of joy. Be true to your visions and your dreams. Uh, Paul is talking to a king, King Agrippa. And he talks to him, he says, I, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. And here it was. I declared first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem. That's how I started. Remember, he got saved in Damascus. Then he hung out in Jerusalem. And then throughout all the region of Judea. And then went exactly where he went me to, to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works befitting repentance. That's his call. Does that make sense? 
So just so you understand, uh, God has a plan for you. And for some of you, how many know that God has placed some dreams in your heart? Anybody? Some dreams and visions. So I want you to get this uh, because God has been clear about so much in your heart. And you know that God has set, set you up to fulfill it. Some of this is not, you know, for me, I talk about my pastoral calling, and I've told you about when God spoke to me. I remember where I was. I remember how God spoke to me and what I was supposed to do and the church that I was supposed to build. I remember that, and when I look around this room, I can't stop being true to what God has said, and I can't stop being true to what God says I'm supposed to do next. This is important. Uh, He's called you. He's given you vision. He's spoken to you. Psalm 37 and 3 says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And then he says this. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. All right. Does this feel good? These are things you need to do in order to cultivate the joy. Just just a few more. You're going to love this one. Number four. Work hard. Work hard. Don't be lazy. A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not as much as bring it to his mouth again. Can I get somebody else to feed me? I just don't want to. He'll go hunting in Proverbs 12, 27 and, and, and shoot something and not go home and cook it. Listen, be careful that you don't lose your million dollar dream with your minimum wage ethic. My, my, my family's coming home from L.A. I'm so excited about seeing them. And some would say, well, you know, they've just, you know, God's been just so good and laid everything in their hands. You just need to hush. It was tough for me to say this to them years ago, right after they got married. I told them, I want you guys to go see what God has said in your hearts. I want you to chase it down. I want you to do great things for the kingdom. So now they're living in L.A. And I'm saying, well, God, that's not exactly what I meant. And you say, well, you know, people just open. No, no. They worked hard. They work hard every day. They have a studio in their house. They're recording. it. They're giving lessons. They're writing music. They're traveling. And some people think, well, Malachi, you know, they just opened up the halls of Disney and let him come in. No, that boy works hard. I mean, heavily working, preparing, gets up and goes and serves. And Listen, some of us need to just get this idea. If you want to have joy in your life, you're going to have to get up out of bed tomorrow morning. And you're going to have to focus on your ability in God's dream. And you need to finish some things. Listen, finish your education. Start the business God's been talking to you about. God will give you his favor, but you need to get up and say, God, you have not caused me to be lazy. You have given me by your spirit joy to do the work that you put in my hands to do. That's good stuff, Pastor Rick. Okay, connect with godly friends. I like this scripture in Hebrews 10. Consider, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. How many know you need to be in church? Anybody know that? Okay, now I'm going to say this. Not only do you need to be in church, but you need to be together. You need to get together and hang out, not have drinking parties. That's not what I'm talking about. You, pastors, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Not talking about sinful pleasure. I'm saying you need to get together and spend time together as the family of God. 
How many know you need friends? Does anybody know that? Now, here's something. I'm just going to. I got to the point in my life where I realized I had a lot of sheep, but very few friends. And I found myself guilty of isolating myself and found that I needed to connect with people. And some of that comes out of heart wounds. Anybody ever had heart wounds before where your heart gets real hard over certain issues? I'd been, I'd felt, and here's what the enemy says, there are people that will hurt you and leave you. And so look at me, I'm going to tell you, there are people that will hurt you. There are people that will leave you. There are people that will reject you. Look at me. Not everybody. There are some people that will stand with you at death's door and walk right through with you. Come on. You see what I'm saying? Come on. I'm not talking about just being churchgoers and members right now. I'm saying we need friends. Look at one another. You got any friends in this house right now? Is anybody your friend? All right. You say, well, I don't have any. Then go make some friends. Okay, I'm, I'm finishing this. I got two more things to say. You guys want to stand up while I finish this? All right. You don't have to get your stuff together to leave, but listen. Number six, allow God to love on you. Let God love on you. Let him do it. Uh, perfect love cast out fear. I have to let God bless me. I have sometimes people come up to me. And this has happened in my life. Somebody come up and they'll say, Pastor, you really blessed me and it just kind of embarrasses me. Anybody been there before? You know, it's like, well, I'm glad, but, you know. Uh, last Sunday after church, I had just a moment. I was, in, I was in the office in the hospitality room and Diana said, uh, she came to me and she said, Rick, she said, we need to go downstairs. There's a situation you need to take care of. And so, praise God. I mean, I didn't worry about it. I just figured I'd go downstairs and find out what's going on. And it was a surprise birthday party from Hispanic Ministries. I mean, they had food and candy and <laughs> blessed me. I didn't know anything about it, you guys. <laughs> and you know what I did with that food, though? I ate it. Because it was my birthday. Uh, do you understand what I'm telling you right now? Just accept the blessings of life. You ever have your, a kid run up and throw his arms up to give you a hug? Take the hug. It's, 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 it's blessing time right at the beginning of service. And I say, I want you to love one another and bless one another. Say, I don't know if I want any of that hug. Get over your bad self. Open your arms. I just don't. I'm just not. That's why you're shriveling up and dying on the inside. Now, let me take, tell you this. Some of those hugs are God hugs. Is it God ever sent somebody to embrace you just at the right time? Speak into your life just at the right time? But I also need to get alone with God and just let God speak to me and encourage me. I need people to pray for me, but I need sometimes just to be alone and let God whisper in my heart that I matter and I'm special to Him. He's got a plan for my life. Okay, one more thing. Embrace the promises of God. Embrace them. Read this. This is, this is old Steve Vall of a scripture. Pop. Loves this scripture more than any other. If I ever ask Pop, if you don't know Pop, Pop died in 2015, built the building, the lead elder for years and years. I love him so much. 
But if you ask him what his favorite scripture was, his head would start bobbing like this. He said, well, amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And so we'll, we'll read it right, not the way he quoted it. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So you may not get this. That's because we don't have an understanding of word. Uh, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. You receive that? Let me say it again. Look, look at me. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. You receive? Okay, so the difference between us and the Hebrew mentality is this. The Hebrew mentality is this. That words are living and powerful. And that when the word was spoken to them, when they received a blessing, they believed this. And I believe it's true. They believe this. That when they walked out the door, that word would chase them down. Do you get this? It's like favor is behind me. Blessing is with me. Healing is with me. Here's what the devil does. He has so many words that you believe more than the word of God. And you take, when I say I break every curse and I release every blessing upon your life. Wait, what, what are the curses? Anybody know that the enemy speaks curses into your life? And you know how they come alive? You repeat them. Come on, say it with me. I'm stupid. No, don't. Stop, stop, stop. That's what the enemy does, and that's what you do. Right? I'm worthless. No, don't, don't, don't. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm loved. I'm filled. God's words are his blessings. And the word that I give you is alive and wants to follow you. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Somebody say, I'm not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Psalm 30 and 5. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord heals hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save those as such who have a contrite spirit. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in us. God's not finished yet. The enemy does not have the final word. You are favored. You are blessed. You are healed. You are delivered. Somebody shout joy. How is your, is your heart, is your spirit stirred right now? Is it stirred up? Say it, shout it, joy. Joy is the fruit of the spirit. Somebody shout, come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not come and give you negativity. He hasn't spoken death into your life. He speaks life into you. 
we light these candles, just like we, like we have lit this candle of joy, Jesus came to light you up. Every one of you have access. You, don't, you say, Pastor, you don't know my story. Well, I know we don't know Emery's. I know a lot of his story. He was saying that in the worship time. I know a lot of your stories, but I also know an, another story. And that is one dark night in a shepherd's field in Bethlehem, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, do not be, af-. somebody say it, do not be afraid. Shout it, do not be afraid. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, one who has power, a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying a manger. You say, well, I've been to Bethlehem. I, I, listen, I've been to Bethlehem, and I went to the place where they say he's born. It's marked by a star. <laughs> and stood there, and he's not there. It's because he grew up. And he died on a cross for me and he rose again on the third day and he ascended to heaven. And now by his spirit, there is a babe that was born to me. Say born to you. Say born to you. Born to you. Born to you. Do you get the born to you part? you understand that? Anybody ever had a child that was born to you? Come on, mama. Where are you? You had a child? You say, that's my baby. Say, that's my baby. And I say this every now and again. I see my grown children holding my grandchildren. And I have told them this. I've walked over to my kids and said, you see how you love that baby? I love you just like that. That makes sense to anybody? It don't matter how grown they are. That's still my child. And here's this. Listen, I know Jesus is all grown up. And he sits at the right hand of the father. But that baby was born to you. You get that? Say, that's somebody shout, my Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. And he's here for you. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He wants you to accept him. And he wants to bless you. Where are you? Let me just ask. Where are the people in this room where your joy meter is just way at the bottom? Anybody in the house? You say, Pastor, I've been struggling with joy and faith. Wave at me. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? All around the room? Okay, three or four of you? That's good. Okay. Might be more than that. All right. Children, listen to me. I want you to come up here and stand with me. Come up around these poinsettias and stand with me. Where are you? Where are you? You've been hurt and you've been tired. Your joy meter is just broken. Where are you? Come and stand with me. Come and stand with me. Hey, son. Come on. Come stand with me. Where are you? Thank you, son. Hey, Margaret. Hey, sweetie. Love you. Look, look here. I lit this candle for you today. Would you open your arms like this? I know you may. Just close your eyes for a moment. I know you may have my altar workers come and stand with me. All my altar team come and stand with me. I need all of you, everybody. All my altar team. Okay. All right. Now listen, listen. I want you to just confess, Lord, 
I know that I've been a part of this. But I'm, I'm ready for some new... <laughs> can I say this? I'm ready for some new grooves in my brain. I'm, I'm ready for a new path in my heart. I'm ready. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me with joy. Say it. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me with joy. Now, don't expect to feel sudden happiness. That's sometimes the way you get. That's, that's, that's good. I mean, if you need to laugh, that's cool with me. But listen, listen. I'm talking about confidence in places where you've been unconfident for so long. I'm talking about expectation where you have lost expectation, where you have lost hope. I'm saying that the Holy Spirit would like to breathe into you. Faith, where it's been a while since you've had faith. Jesus. Say, say it again. Say, come Holy Spirit. In fact, all around the room, say it. Come Holy Spirit. Everybody, close your eyes. Say, come Holy Spirit. Fill me with your joy. He's not withholding. This isn't something you have to beg for. Let's reposition ourselves with Christ. Say it. Jesus. I know you're real. I know you're here. I know you're alive. I know you're inside of me. I reject every fear. I reject every lie. And I receive every blessing. I receive hope. I receive confident assurance that I'm going to get through this. I praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Altar workers, I want you to have liberty to walk around. You can come into the front of people and pray for them if you would like. Take some liberty to pray with these people. I want everybody in this room, would you do this? I want you to pray for somebody nearby. You just lay your hand gently on somebody's shoulder. And I want you to say this. Jesus, give them new joy. Say it. Jesus, give them new joy. Give them new joy. Fill them with love. Fill them with passion. Fill them with real joy. In Jesus' name. Give them vision again. Give them hope again. In the name of Jesus. Sing something, guys. Altar workers, just begin to minister. Come around. Just come right around. As you pray, I want you to know that I love you. If you're new, I have gifts for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Take your time in your ministry in your ministry to one another. Love one another. Be friends to one another. Walk away in joy today. Into the-